0: one of the psychologists from the Student Counselling Unit at UP and I'm thrilled to host our second podcast episode for this year brought to you by the Student Counselling Unit's Mental Health and Wellbeing podcast series, especially created to enhance the mental health and well-being of our UP students. The topic for our podcast today is relational well-being As Maslow mentioned, human connection and developing a sense of belonging with others is a basic human need. In this episode, we're going to focus on what relational well-being is, why it's so important for our overall well-being and mental health, and most importantly, how we can improve our relational well-being. There will be practical tips for our listeners on how they can cultivate positive relationships in the various areas of their life in order to enhance their relational well-being. I now have the honor of introducing Ronaldo Toy, a registered counseling psychologist with 14 years experience who works at the Student Counseling Unit at UP. Ronaldo has a special interest in interpersonal relationships, and she's also written a book called Relationships Under Pressure, which was published in 2017. Ronaldo, thank you very, very much for offering to share your expertise with us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Rukayo.
0: Ronelle, now, what is relational well-being and why is it
1: so important for our mental health? Um, the psychiatrist Harry Sullivan believed that the most significant determinant of psychological wellness is the nature of our closest social bonds. Relational well-being can be understood as the quality of the relationships and connections we have and also how we interact with others. It's about developing and maintaining healthy, nurturing, supportive, and genuine relationships, and also connections with others. The research shows us that positive relationships can lead to lower rates of anxiety and depression, higher self-esteem, greater empathy, also a sense of purpose and meaning in life, self-growth, a sense of belonging and lower stress levels.
0: For now, why are positive relationships so important? What do you notice in the work that you're involved in with students?
1: Well, in my work as a psychologist, I often see how psychological distress that students present with such as anxiety, depression, loneliness, and other life challenges are linked to the most important relationships in their lives. Clients very often would present with strong emotional distress linking to specific relationship problems. Um, Let me give you some real-life scenarios and presenting problems of clients, like There are problems in my family. My parents are fighting all the time, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm scared that my father might leave us, and I am in the middle of it all. Or me and my boyfriend are fighting all the time. I can't take it any longer, but I don't want to lose him. Or I failed two subjects. I don't know how to tell my parents. I have disappointed them, and it has become just too much for me. Another first year says, I just don't have the confidence to hang out with other students. It feels like they are judging me, noticing what is wrong with me. It scares me so much that I'm overwhelmed by strong emotions and I just stay in my room. Others feel judged. My friends are formulating opinions about me, highlighting what is not right with me, I don't feel happy when I'm around with them. Then helplessness. My parents are very strict. They don't like my friends and they don't trust me to go out on my own. It feels like I don't have a life at all. all. And then some are traumatized because of relationships. A young girl told me that she got involved in a dating website and engaged in things she regrets and that her lover took advantage of her and now she is ashamed of this and hates herself. You see, the key point here is that the quality of a relationship is determined by the quality of the communication or the interaction. How we talk to each other and relate to each other matters more than we might imagine. Therefore, what is happening between people is connected like an umbilical cord to their mood, you know, the emotions that we experience on a daily basis. To me, relationships can be compared to a dance between two people. But we have to learn the steps. And sometimes we step on each other's toes. Therefore, we must figure out how to connect with caring, nurturing, supportive people and how to keep these important people in our lives.
0: Thanks for that for now. Before we delve into the tips to cultivate positive relationships, can you tell us briefly what a healthy relationship should look like? You know, in our work as psychologists, many of our students report that they've been in a toxic relationship at some time or the other, without being able to pinpoint why these relationships may have been toxic or unhealthy. I'm hoping that the factors or elements of a healthy relationship that you'll be sharing with our students will guide them in seeking out and cultivating healthy relationships.
1: Yes, definitely. Being involved in healthy relationships is a vital component of relational well-being. I would say that there must be at least six basic elements present uh, in a healthy relationship. In a healthy relationship, there is trust. You trust that the partner will always be the same, not just a with a friend. He or she is open and honest, and you know where you stand with him or her. Add to that cooperation. Each one plays his or her role in the relationship, and you can work together to the same end. The third element is mutual support. Uh, you are able to support each, each other in many different ways by, for, for instance, offering encouragement, being understanding, supporting each other's choices and providing practical health. Then mutual accountability in every relationship We have to accept responsibility for our behavior and our words. And you need to keep your promises and your words and actions should match. And in this relationship, both parties take responsibility for their relationship. They resolve their problems and work through unfinished business or conflict. Also, we have needs and um, there need to be a sense of safety and security in a relationship. In a healthy relationship, your uh, feelings and opinions, for example, are accepted and validated. You don't feel judged. The relationship is free of manipulation and intimidation, and you don't have to walk on eggshells to avoid upsetting or losing this person. The relationship is safe. It's a safe space for you physically as well as emotionally. And finally, mutual trust. There is respect for individual choices, even if you don't agree with one another. Respect for the person's boundaries, needs, and feelings. It means also that you think what the impact of your words or communication might be on your friend, lover, parent, or lecturer.
0: Thanks so much for that, Renal. I think this is going to be really helpful. Now we come to the most exciting part of our podcast, your top uh, top 10 research-based tips to cultivate positive,
1: healthy relationships. Please, could you tell us about the first tip? Um, Just remember that these tips also form part of the conversation about which elements or factors constitute a healthy relationship. Keep in mind that there are many more tips. I chose the following 10 in order to keep it brief for our podcast today. Um, Before we even can think of our relationships with others, there is the relationship that you have with yourself. We have to take responsibility for our own happiness and well-being, by taking care of ourselves and ensuring that we are in an optimal space emotionally, physically, mentally, and academically. We can't expect other people to make us happy if we are struggling with being happy uh, ourselves. So self-care, self-love, and self-nurturing should come first. Okay, so the first step is to make time for those close to you. The bottom line is that a relationship cannot last without family members, friends, or romantic partners making time for each other. This enhances connection. We need to make time for each other and focus on doing things together, you know, create rituals. For example, you can share a meal together, watch a movie, go for a walk, study together, or even uh, do chores together. Tip number two is about the importance of effective communication. Um, Effective communication creates an important bridge between you and your fellow human beings. By communicating, we connect with each other. Without communication, there, there cannot be a relationship. Here, we need to become aware of not only what we say, but also how we say what we say. The smallest detail in a conversation like eye contact, tone of voice, choice of words or how you formulate your message determines how a message is received. Uh, Then the 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 third tip is recognition or appreciation. Uh, Do you know that recognition or appreciation is one of human kind's most basic needs. It is the message that you receive from your immediate world to confirm that you are recognized and appreciated as a unique person. You are special. You matter. We can do this by uh, writing a simple thank you note to a friend or romantic partner, saying thank you to a family member, who offer support or or encouragement, or even saying thank you to our lecturers, colleagues or classmates when they assist us. Uh, Tip number four is about practicing empathy. Empathy involves a genuine desire and attempt to understand another person's view and experience from his or her point of view. It's not only about giving advice or trying to fix the prob- the problem or the person. When empathy is given and received in a relationship, you, you feel that you are heard, understood, and accepted.
0: Now, and I want to add that you know it's not only about understanding another person's views or experiences. Empathy is also about communicating your understanding of the person's situation back to him or her. You can do this by paraphrasing what he or she has said so that the person feels heard and understood. For example, I'm hearing that you're feeling stressed and under pressure. Am I hearing correctly? Instead of just being quiet when you're talking to a friend or family member who might be under pressure. This leads us to the next tip. Can you tell us about tip five right now?
1: Yes, step five is about interdependence. For example, if the distance is too large between people and and there is too much independence, lack of involvement and support between people, the relationship can simply uh, run dry. You might feel like you are all alone and that the person doesn't care. On the other hand, in relationships, With too much closeness, too much caring, over-involvement and excessive warmth, warmth, it can lead to the subjective feeling of suffocation. When relationships are too close, it can make you feel like you are giving up your individuality and independence. Add to that a shot of jealousy and possessiveness and the relationship can become very, very hard work. If you feel As if there's almost no separation between you and such a person, you need to set healthy boundaries. Uh, The trick is that people must negotiate for a place where they feel comfortable. Tip number six then is about choosing your words carefully. We need to be aware of our communication styles and notice the impact that we have on others Because we can step on each other's toes in this communication dance. You can unknowingly elicit rejection from people close to you because your communication, because of your specific communication style and behavior. Really, Renal, how is this so? Well, think for a moment about the various relationships in your life and how the conversations you have had impacted upon you. A conversation can make you feel good about yourself, inspire you, make you feel safe and as if you belong. Unfortunately, we all have experienced how the opposite can be true, how certain conversations can make us feel inferior, scared, anxious, helpless, angry. Uh, For example, I mean, you may want to have a good relationship with your roommate but your dominant and critical style in which you communicate intimidates him or her and your roommate distances him or herself. And then you may interpret this as him or her not being interested in a friendship or that your roommate does not like you. You may have, but you may have never uh, considered how your words have influenced uh, the, per, this, this person, your roommate's behavior.
0: So what you're saying, now is be mindful of your words and how you may come across to others. Um, and then I think let's go to the seventh tip, Ronal.
1: Yeah, that is about taking responsibility for the part you pr- play in the relationship. When problems arise in a relationship, we often tend to blame someone else. We must learn to see the role that we play in the creation of the problem. You know, there's really just one side of story. Relationships are circular. It simply means that we influence each other. Think about the following scenario and decide who is right or wrong. The girlfriend is complaining about her boyfriend that has become just distant and is ignoring her. The boyfriend, on the other hand, says that his girlfriend complains all the time and all he is doing is to try to avoid conflict. So uh, who is right and who is wrong? So what do you think, Rukaya?
0: I think both of them are contributing to the unhappiness in the relationship, now.
1: Well, precisely. She must become aware of the impact of her complaining behavior on him and he must become aware of his avoidant behavior on her because the more he avoids her, the more she complains. The more she complains, the more he avoids her and they are stuck then in this ineffective communication pattern. Now we get to tip number five, which is about uh, becoming aware of your needs in, relationship in relationships and being able to communicate these needs to uh, the people close to you. When your needs are not met in a relationship, frustration, disappointment and conflict might arise that can put the relationship in danger. Therefore, it is important to realize that you have to identify your own needs and communicate it in a non-blaming and non-critical way to the other person. Don't expect the other person to know your needs. We cannot read other people's minds and we are not all the same. So therefore, our needs will vary. Uh, Communication is a vital part of staying on track also with your studies. This is especially true in the context of your home environment, social circle, and academic context. You can maybe uh, share some practical examples uh, with our listeners, Rukaya. Yes, Ronal. You know,
0: as the exams are approaching, it may be important to communicate with family and friends. Um, to family, you could, for example, say something like, you know, the next few weeks will be busy and maybe stressful for me because of the approaching exams. I really need your support during this time. You can support me by possibly allowing me to reduce my chore load during this time and by helping to reduce the noise level at home. For example, with friends and maybe even with family, you could say something like, I would appreciate it if you checked up on how I'm doing and provide words of encouragement or words of motivation for me during this time, even if it's via phone or WhatsApp. In the academic context, you could ask for help from your tutors, lecturers, classmates, or even your faculty student advisor. If you don't explicitly ask for what you need, you will not receive the support you desire. Reach out and ask for help.
1: Thank you for that. Our second last tip reminds us that survival depends on adaptability. The psychologist Carl Rogers said that that one's life is not a fixed state, but a flowing river. It is in constant change. That is how we grow as human beings and how our relationships grow. Ask yourself, are you open to new information, open to the feedback of others and your environment? Do you allow friends or loved ones to influence you? Or are you stubborn and hard-headed? Only your own perspectives are valid. Adaptability also implies that you have to adjust your communication to different circumstances and people. For example, you can't talk to your lecturer the way you would talk to a close friend. Your lecturer would interpret that as being rude and probably not want to assist you.
0: This brings us, Renal, to the very last tip, which is effectively dealing with conflict.
1: Yeah, conflict can arise in all kinds of relationships amongst friends, uh, family members, romantic pa- uh, partners, and fellow group members. If you are working, like for example, on a group ex- uh, assignment uh, or project to- together, remember your goal in resolving conflict must conflict must always be to protect the relationship. Not to damage the relationship or to lose a positive relationship or connection. So uh, talk about one problem at a time. Do not go digging up old issues unrelated to the problem at hand. Both people should take turns to present their sides of the situation. Don't interrupt one another. Listen carefully. First, and then st- stay to your side of the case. Empathic listening can reduce tension, you know it gives the other person a chance to get his or her problems off their chest, thus clearing the air of tension and hostility. Stay focused on the conversation, don't get caught up in a power struggle and don't get defensive. Don't focus on winning the argument. It's not about who is right or wrong. It is about the relationship and resolving the problem. Don't blame or criticize. This tactic leads to self-defending behavior and is counterproductive. Then watch your tone of voice and posture. Often uh, they say more than your words. Control any prescriptive attitudes. Stay away from untouchable truths, interrogation and superior speeches. Stop guessing. Don't think you can read minds and guess the thoughts and motives in other people's minds. You could be wrong. Test your assumptions in an open conversation. Focus on the content that is communicated between you rather than what you suspect is being said. Make efforts to repair the relationship by seeking um, uh, or, uh, for forgiveness, you know, or give forgiveness. It required, um, if it is required. Ask, what can I do to make amends and how I can uh, and how we can approve the situation as to going forward.
0: Thank you very much for now, for sharing these important tips with us. We hope that our listeners will find them valuable and, and that it may help them enhance their relational well-being. If our listeners have enjoyed this podcast or find it, you found it useful, or if you have any comments on how we can improve, send an email to studentcounseling at up.ac.za with your feedback under the subject heading relational wellbeing podcast. Also, if you're experiencing any mental health difficulties or relationship difficulties remember help is always available stay connected to others reach out for help talk to someone close to you whom you trust or contact the student counseling unit on student at up.ac.za you can also contact our 24-hour seven day a week up care line on 0800 747 747 Thank you for listening and wishing you all the very best with the last part of the academic year.